0: Thank you, Jesus. Are you ready for the Word of God? I'm excited to preach this message, this series of teaching regarding the way to victory or the way out from perishing or destruction. And I believe that the body of Christ and the church need to hear this message and be reminded regarding the subject of repentance. Repentance. Let us read the scripture together in Second Peter, chapter three, verse nine. 2 Peter three nine, the Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness, but is long suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for teaching us by your Holy Spirit, by the Word of God. Give us the light, the revelation from heaven. Lord, we don't want to come to you by human reasoning, but we want to receive the truth, the revelation from heaven, so that the truth will come into our spirit, into our mind. Our mind will be renewed and we can be set free and we can live a victorious life. We thank you, Lord, for giving us the Bible to read, to study, and to be understood. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible says that he doesn't want even one person on this planet Earth to perish or to be destroyed. God's will is that everybody will be blessed and have an abundant life. But why do we see a lot of destructions and perishing things on earth here? Because humanity has the free will. We can choose to follow God and obey God or we can choose to rebel and do whatever we want. And whenever we sin against God and rebel against God, then destruction will come. The Bible says that the work of the flesh will cause Destruction or corruption. So I want to encourage all of you to choose life, not destruction. And once you know that you are in trouble, or you are in the cross of destruction or being perished, you need to turn around quickly and repent of your sin. The devil loves to kill, to steal, and to destroy. He doesn't want anyone to be blessed. He doesn't want anyone to have eternal life or abundant life. So he has different ways to destroy people. And one of the ways that we talked about last Sunday is to bring false teaching, false doctrine, or twisted, perverted, distorted doctrine into the body of Christ. Jude wrote the letter to the church, to the believers, warning the believers And I would like to read from Good News Bible again today, just to review a little bit. My dear friends, in Jude chapter 1, verses 3 to 4. My dear friends, I was doing my best to write to you about the salvation we share in common. Jude was writing. Jude was, I believe, a brother of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was writing to the church, to the believer. This is not to the non-believer. He said, I want to write to you about the salvation or the message of salvation we share in common. When I felt the need of writing at once to encourage you to fight on for the faith which once and for all God has given to his people. For some godless people have slipped in unnoticed among us, persons who distort the message about the grace of our God in order to excuse their immoral ways, and who reject Jesus Christ, our only Master and Lord. Long ago, the scriptures predicted the condemnation they have received. In the early church time, some godless people creep in and produce false teachings, and now in the 21st century, we still have those people around all over the world. And it spread very quickly through the YouTube and internet. People listen to all this twisted message of grace. I don't know about you. I want the original message of salvation or the message of the grace of God. Because I was saved by it and I believe in. I believe in the original gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't want to entertain any twisted and perverted message of the grace of God. This message says that under the grace, we are under the grace. Therefore, we can do whatever we want. We can avoid doing what we need to do. And we can follow our own flesh. We don't need to repent. We can live an immoral life. Because we are under grace. The more we sin the more grace will show up so that we can see the grace of God more. Oh, I see this in Asia. I noticed that this message went into Thailand. A lot of people get into trouble because they believe in this twisted message. Those who preach this kind of message don't have any respect for the things of God. In fact, they don't fear God at all. They don't know their God because if they know their God, they will not twist the message. God is powerful. God is just and God is holy. God doesn't like us to sin. He is pure and righteous. Therefore, we should not twist the message of the grace of God to be the ticket to sin against God or to live an immoral life. We need to fear God. When we see God, our knees should be on our ground and we lift our hands up and say, Holy, 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 the God Almighty. We should treat God as an almighty God. We should not play game with God. Amen? And after you receive this kind of message for a while, what happened next is that you begin to reject the lordship of the Lord Jesus Christ. Rejecting Jesus Christ may not happen right away by saying, no, I don't believe in Jesus anymore. But started by saying, you know, I don't care about authority of Jesus. I don't care about the authority of the word of God. And these people who entertain this twisted message will begin to practice what we call lack of self-restraint, lack of self-discipline or self-control. They deny all the authority. They say, I can do whatever I want. I don't care what the rules say. I don't care what the government say. I'm going to do whatever I want. If I want to do something, my flesh says something. I do it. I don't care what the Bible say and eventually they will reject the Lord himself. This kind of message really pleasing or very appeal to the flesh. We are still living in the flesh and our flesh is full of rebellion and sinful nature. We are born again inside our spirit but our flesh is not born again yet. Therefore, People all over the world love to listen to this message on the YouTube. Oh, now I can flirt, I can commit adultery, I can cheat, I can do all these things, and God grace you upon me, so I love it. But those kind of people who follow this doctrine forget about other verses in the Bible. Other verses in the Bible say, be holy because our God is holy. Other verses in the Bible say, if you love me, you obey my word. Other verses in the Bible say, submit to authority. Submit to God and resist the devil. Another verse in the Bible says, subject your body under the authority of Christ. In other words, die to your flesh and live according to the spirit of God. We need to be aware of this kind of wrong teaching. How do we form doctrine? We form doctrine by gather all the scripture in the Bible and look at all the scripture. And make sure that the doctrine that comes out from the Scripture will not contradict other verses in the Bible. Any doctrine that contradicts any verse in the Bible is not the right doctrine. Amen. So I don't believe in this twisted message of the grace of God. Some people even say, I'm the, under grace now, so I am free. The implication when they say I'm free, it means I'm free to sin. Actually, no. We are free from the bondage of sin. We are free from the hand of the enemy. We are free from the curses of the law. We are free from hell. We are free from the power of darkness to serve the Lord and to do the right thing. God give us grace so that we can have power to be free from sin and bondage. Now let's look at what the grace of God teaches First of all, if you listen to the sermon called Great Grace, you remember. Grace means, or favor means, the presence of God. When Moses was leaving Egypt and trying to enter the promised land, he said that if I found favor with you, may your presence come with us. The presence of God bring the grace, the power, the ability, the opportunity to us to be able to live a holy life and to be able to be and to do what God calls us to be and to do. That is the grace of God. To be holy, to live a righteous life, that is the grace of God. And let's look at what the Bible says about the teaching of the grace of God in Titus chapter 2, verses 11 to 15. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. 2,000 years ago, the grace of God show up in the form of the Son of God. Jesus showed up 2,000 years ago, appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness, worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed. You see, The grace comes to save us, to set us free from the lawless deed, not to put us back into the immoral deed. And purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. Speak this thing, exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no one despise you. The grace of God never teaches us to live ungodly life, to continue in sin to live an immoral life, or to be of lack of self-control, lack of self-restraint. I do whatever I want. I don't care what the Bible says. I don't care what God says. I can live a loose life. That is not the teaching of the grace of God. The grace of God says you need to live a godly life. You need to avoid the evil lusts, evil things. You need to walk with God, obey His teaching and be purified to live a holy life. Sometimes people form the doctrine by depending on reasoning, without looking at all the scriptures. For example, I read a book. This book says, this is from one of the teachers that twisted the message of the grace. He said this way, Because on the cross, Jesus bore our sin, and He paid for all the sin of the whole world, including the past, the present time, and the future. He paid for the sin that you haven't even committed and the sin that you don't even know now that you're going to commit. He knows ahead of time that you're going to commit. Therefore, righteousness of God come upon me by the grace of God. And it doesn't matter where I live. It doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't matter what I do or what I don't do. I still have righteousness of God because the more I sin, I sin today 30 more. That grace even worked more because I told to Jesus on the cross and he received more of my sin. Thank God. Now I can live whatever I want. I don't care anymore. I can cheat. I can commit adultery. I can do anything because God took the sin upon himself on the cross 2,000 years ago. If we are saved only by grace, listen carefully. If that theology or that doctrine is correct, what it means is this. Everybody on earth is saved. Think about this. If we say that because of what Jesus did on the cross, he took the sin upon himself. He carried the sin of the whole world. He paid the price of sin of every human being on earth, the past, the present, and the future. And that is it. That's how you get salvation. It means that those who despise God those who curse God, those who don't acknowledge Jesus Christ will be saved as well because their sin was upon Jesus' body as well. No, the Bible did not say that way. The Bible said we are saved by grace, but one word that has been mentioned again and again in the book of Romans, the book of Galatians, the book of Ephesians, the book of Colossians, and the book of Hebrew, and in the Old Testament one word that we need to know. We are saved by grace through faith. It's not enough just to say, because of the grace of God, I am saved. We need to believe the good news and we must repent of our sin in order to be saved. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12. There is a way. That seemed right to a man. Wow, that doctrine seemed right. Hey, God died for me. He took the sin upon himself. And I don't need to do anything. I don't need to walk my faith. I don't need to put my faith in actions. But its end is the way of death. Its end is the way of death. Brother and sister, be careful in reading any book, in watching any YouTube. Because in the end time, the devil is going to work harder to produce a lot of false teachings to destroy the body of Christ in the end time. We need to be very careful. For me, I'm going to stick to the Bible. Anybody say anything in the YouTube, show me in the Bible. Show me what the Word of God says. I'm going to study the Bible myself. I'm going to look at the Scripture myself. I'm gonna, not going to believe anybody easily because I don't want to be deceived by the devil in the end time. Amen? The false prophets are around. Now, let me ask this question. Is everybody on earth saved? Are all people saved today? A lot are saved or a few are saved? Let's look at what the Bible says. Matthew 7, 13 to 14. Enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate. Broad is the way that leads to destruction. There are many who go in by it. Many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to To life. And there are few who find it. Did Jesus say a lot of people find salvation? No. A few. When you say a few put their faith in Jesus, repent of their sin, live the right kind of life, it doesn't mean three people. It means millions out of billions. A few mean millions out of billions of people are saved. Most people will choose the wide and easy way, wide gate and very easy way, easy road to go in. I don't need to repent. I don't need to do anything. God has done for me. So that's okay. I can live a loose and sinful life. That is dangerous. Amen. Let's look at the Bible together to see what the Bible talks about Saved by faith. I'm going to read from many scriptures to show you that the Bible mentions again and again that we are not just saved by grace, but we are saved through faith. Faith without deeds is dead, faith without action is dead. Okay? Romans chapter 3, verse 22 Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who Believe, for there is no difference. We are saved by believing. Romans 3, 25 to 26, whom God set forth a propitiation or sacrifice for sin or sacrifice of atonement by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because of his forbearance, God has passed over the sin that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus Christ. Everyone say faith. faith. Romans chapter 3, verse 28. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified, justified means made righteous or saved, made righteous by faith apart from the deeds of the law. Romans chapter 4, verse 5. But to him who does not work, but believes on him, who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. Faith makes you righteous. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God, through our Lord Jesus Christ. We are justified, we are made righteous by faith. Not just by grace, by faith. Galatians chapter 2 verse 16, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Christ Jesus, that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, or for by the works of the law no flesh shall be justified. Galatians two twenty one. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. So we need to put our faith in Jesus. Repent and believe in the good news. Habakkuk chapter two verse four. Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. Romans chapter 1 verse 17, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Galatians chapter 3 verse 11, do I read enough? But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident for the just shall live by faith. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 38. Is it enough? Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. There is a connection between By grace and through faith. We cannot cut one off. Because God gives us grace through Jesus Christ, we have something to believe. Without grace, we have nothing to believe. God provides for us salvation, healing, and all the good things by His grace. But in order to experience, in order to enjoy the grace, We need to approach him through faith. Grace alone is not enough. Jesus died for you alone on the cross. Paying the price for you alone is not the end of the story. You need to put your faith in what he did. You need to believe in what he said. And what did he say? If you want to enter the kingdom of God in Mark chapter 1, verse 15, he said, Believe in the good news and repent of your sin. In order to be saved, in order to be justified, in order to be made righteous, in order to become a child of God, you depend on the grace of God and you receive it through faith. Faith and obedience. Amen? Why did people come out with that doctrine? The twisted doctrine of false grace or the twisted message of grace or salvation. If you study about their life carefully, these people have one problem. They try try to deal with it themselves. They have a problem with self-condemnation, or we call sin consciousness. They grew up with a lot of condemnation from their parents. They feel guilty inside them. They feel bad on the inside of them. So they have to find a way to produce a doctrine that doesn't have to have, we call sin consciousness, or self-condemnation any longer. Now let me show you how to get out of self-condemnation, or we call sin consciousness. You, you wake up every day and say, oh, I'm a bad guy. I feel bad about myself. I'm not good enough for God. God reject me. How can we get out from condemnation? Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And most people stop there. Oh, I'm in Christ Jesus. Even though I cheat, I commit adultery, I watch pornography, I do anything wrong, I am not condemned because I'm in Christ Jesus, I believe. That Jesus is God. Yes, the devil believed that Jesus is God too. Demon believed also that Jesus is God. But what they did not do is they don't repent. Don't stop at just only in Christ Jesus. Let's continue to read. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. How can we get set free from condemnation? According to this scripture. Two keys. Number one, believe in Jesus and trust in the power of the blood of Jesus. That the blood of Jesus can cleanse your conscience and cleanse you from all sin in your life. That's number one, but it's not enough. Number two, the Bible says walking according to the Spirit. What does it mean? Walking according to the Spirit. Let me read one scripture and I will explain to you. James chapter 4, verse 17. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. This is the fact of life. Every believer on earth doesn't know every truth in the Bible, including myself. I'm still growing and learning every week. Lately, I'm so excited about producing teaching for the camp for next year because the more I study the Bible, the more I learn, I know more. So we have some ignorance in certain issue. Listen carefully. We have only a portion of lights, L I G H T S or revelations from God. No one in the world knows everything, including me. I don't know everything. I'm still learning. I'm still don't think that you graduate from the Bible school and you know everything in the Bible. You don't know everything in the Bible. You're still learning and growing. So what happened is this you may not know something and you sin against God when I became a new believer in 1981 or 80 I did not know about tithing the first one year of my christian walk I did not tithe because I did not have the light and the revelation regarding money or how I should give tithe to God I have no idea I had never been taught. I have no idea. I did not practice it. Okay? Are you following me? But when the Holy Spirit, according to the Spirit, when the Holy Spirit teaches us, us something, He reveals the lights of certain aspects of Christian life. What do we need to do? We need to obey. If we know what is good thing to do, but we don't obey, then we sin against God knowingly. We purposefully, willfully sin against God because we know the truth. The Holy Spirit revealed that lie to us and we're still doing it. Then we sin against Him. And then your heart will condemn yourself no matter how many times you quote that I'm living under the grace, no matter how many times you say, Jesus, love me, no matter how long you try to suit yourself, the feeling that under grace, under grace, I'm forgiven, but if you don't repent and you still live and walk according to that sinful nature, you know the truth but you did not obey the truth, your heart going to keep condemning you and your confidence in God is going to be decreasing. You will not feel righteous anymore. You don't feel justified anymore because you break the law of God that you know. You break His light. You're not walking according to the Spirit of God. Now, let me ask this question. Can a Christian sin? Can Pastor Lau sin? I'm a pastor. I preach the Word of God every Sunday. Can I sin? Yes. Even though you are born again, you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, God hasn't taken the free will out of you. We all have the free will, and we're still living in the flesh. Therefore, every day when we wake up, we make choice all the time. I can sin this afternoon, and no one can force me. No one can tell me what to do. I can choose to sin, even though I should not. I can determine to sin, even though I should not. I can go crazy this afternoon, go out, do crazy things, shoot people, kill people. Can I? Yes, I can because I have a free will. You all have the free will and you need to make choice every single day. Do Christians sin? Yes, Christians still sinning every day. I'm still sinning every day too because I don't know the whole Bible. I do wrong thing all the time according to the principle of God. So Christians still sinning. First John chapter 3, verse 21. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. When we know what is right and we don't do it, God doesn't condemn us. No man condemn us. Who condemns us? Our own heart. We're going to feel bad on the inside of us. We don't feel confidence in God anymore. When we pray, we don't get the answer because we don't feel that God loves us anymore. Because we sin against God. Let me ask another question. Okay. The first question, can Christians sin? The answer is yes, Christian can sin. Christians all over the world still sinning everywhere. That's why we need to repent every day. Amen? i oh, so quiet today. Very interesting subject. Very good subject to talk about on Sunday. The second question, can you... Come into the kingdom of God with a clear understanding of the gospel, of the message of salvation. Fall in love with God. Go banana for Jesus. Just love God. And just serve God and go just on fire for God. And one day later on, you believe in deception. You believe in the lies. And the message on the inside of you get twisted and you begin to walk away. And you lose your salvation. Can you? That's why Jude wrote the letter to the believers to warn them. Let me continue to read. Is it possible that a Christian can go off and lose salvation? Jude chapter 1, verses 4 to 5. For certain men have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were marked out for the condemnation. Ungodly men. Who turned the grace of our God into lewdness and denied the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. But I want to remind you, though you once knew this, you once knew this. In the past, you knew the right message. That the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe the story about the Hebrews. The story about Moses is a type and a shadow of the Christian walk today. A group of Hebrews in the time of Moses they were saved out of Egypt. They believed in the saving grace of God. God performed miracles after miracles, saved them. They were saved but later on what happened to them? later on they got the wrong doctrine they began to walk in unbelief they began to rebel against moses and against god what happened they were destroyed they lost their salvation they did not enter the promised land the bible continued to say jude chapter 1 verse 6 jude tried to give one story after another story to show us that the doctrine that say, once saved, always save Have to be careful when you listen to those teachings. Jude chapter 1 verse 6, And the angels who did not keep their proper domain, but left their own abode, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. Initially, all the angels were in heaven. They were all serving the Lord. But later on, a group of angels fell into rebellion. They left heaven. And eventually, their final destiny is eternal lake of fire. Were they in heaven at the beginning? Yes. They were with God at the beginning. But what happened to their attitude? They reject God. They rebel against God. And they lost their right to be in heaven. Jude chapter 1 verses 7 to 8. Continue. Jude kept giving more example of people can lose their salvation. So Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them in a similar manner to this. Having given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh and set forth as an example suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Okay, Jude said that these people in Sodom Gomorrah gave themselves to ungodly practice, immoral lifestyle. And then he concludes in verse 8, likewise, also these dreamers, the Apostle Peter wrote the book of Peter, and he used the same word, dreamers. Who are dreamers? Dreamers are the Christians who fall away and produce bad doctrine, twisted doctrine of grace. This dreamer dream that, oh, I'm under grace, I'm fine, I can do whatever I want, I can now live in sin, I can go off and do immoral things. These dreamers, likewise, defy their flesh, reject authority, and speak evil of dignitaries. Jude compared these people to the people in Sodom and Gomorrah, to the angels, the fallen angels that came out from heaven. He compared these people to the Hebrews who eventually died afterward. Are you following me? So Jude tried to teach us in this generation that eternal security is not true. In a sense, do Pastor Lau believe in safe and always safe? My answer is yes and no. I believe that if you make a decision every day to believe in Jesus, to have personal relationship with him, walk with him, love him, serve him, repent of your sin, walk in righteousness, follow him every day, You are always saved. The Lord Jesus will preserve your body, your mind, and your spirit until the day He comes back. You will be always saved as long as you make a choice to follow Jesus, trust Him, obey Him, and repent every day. But no, my answer is no too. I don't believe in safe and always safe. If people quote this way, you can do and say anything you want. God doesn't care. I am under grace. I'm not under the law. I can live an immoral life like Godom and Samara. I can rebel like the rebellious and fallen angels. I can rebel like the children of Israel in the wilderness. I can do whatever I want. I don't need to repent. I don't care what God say. They will not be saved. They will be destroyed eventually. Amen. Mm. I don't see a big amen here. First Corinthians chapter 11, verse 31. First Corinthians 11:31. Now, on the practical point, what we're going to do? 1 Corinthians 11.31 For if we would judge ourselves or if we would examine and repent and know I'm wrong if we would judge ourselves we would not be judged. We would not be judged. Did Paul write this letter 1 Corinthians to the believers? Yes. Every epistle in the Bible, in the New Testament, was written to the believer, okay? Not to the unbeliever, to the church. Many times, in many epistles, the writer always starts with, to the saints at the church in dot, 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 dot. So every epistle was written to the believer, okay? The question is, do Christians need to repent? The first question do Christians still sin? Yes. Second question. Can Christians lose salvation? Yes. Three. Do we, you and I and Paul and John and Jude and Peter, we all need to repent every day. Do we need to? Okay. 1 John chapter 1, verses 6 to 7. If we say, Who wrote this scripture? The Apostle John. Was the Apostle John a believer? Yes. Everyone agree? The Apostle John was a believer. Did he write to the believer? So, when he said we, what does he mean? He means he, John, and you and me, and all the believers throughout the generation in the whole universal church. Everyone, we mean he and all the believers we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness. We lie and do not practice the truth. But if we, John and Pasalao, Pasada, and you, 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 we, walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. What does he mean here? Let me explain to you. Christian can sin two ways. Number one, Christians sin ignorantly. Because they are in darkness. They don't know the truth. Because they don't know the truth, they sin. Sin, the sin that they don't know. The truth that they don't know. So why you don't know the truth, you don't know the light, when the Bible says the light means the truth, the revelation. When you don't know the light and the truth, you sin ignorantly, you don't intend to do it. You love God, you want to follow God with all your heart, you really mean business with God, but you sin because you don't know the truth. You sin out of ignorance. One thing that God has done to you is that by the blood of Jesus Christ, He's still cover you. He's to cleanse you, the sin that you don't know that you are sinning, because you don't know the truth. Thank God, we are covered by the blood of Jesus. but the key is, your heart must be right. You are not playing game with God. I'm still sinning, because I don't know many truth in the Bible, but the blood of Jesus Christ covered me. Are you following me? Okay? But there is another way that people sin. You sin willfully. When John say, you claim that you fellowship with the Lord, and now you know the light because you listen to the sermon, you hear the truth, you read the Bible, and you're still sinning. You break the law. You don't do what God say. In fact, you walk in darkness as well. But in another way, you walk in darkness willfully. You can walk in darkness ignorantly because you don't know the truth, or you can walk in darkness Willfully, after you see the light or the revelation and the truth of God, but you still walk in darkness willfully. What happens if you know that you walk in darkness willfully or you sin willfully? Continue, okay? In verse 8 and 9, what are you going to do? If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. No Christian in the world can say, I have never sinned. And I'm not sinning today. And I don't sin tomorrow. We all still sin. Because we don't know all the truth in the Bible. Amen? Or we know the truth and we break it. We rebel. We stubborn. We lack of self-restraint. So if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, it means everyone's still sinning. And the truth is not in us. Then verse 9 is the answer. If we know that we sin willfully, we break the law, we don't walk in the light, we walk in darkness. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In conclusion today, don't get involved with the false doctrine of grace in this world. Don't listen to that kind of teaching because it's going to lead you to destruction. It's the scheme of the enemy in the end time. Two, all of us are still sinning every day. That's why we don't point finger and blame each other and condemn each other. I stop doing that now. I don't blame people because I I condemn you that you sin. I need to condemn myself too because I'm sinning too in a different way. We all sin in a different way because we don't know the whole Bible yet. We don't point finger to each other. We all make mistakes. As long as we are sincerely following God and do the best we can to obey Him, to have faith in Him, He covers us with the blood of Jesus and we still righteous in the eyes of God. That is the grace of God. Definitely, listen carefully. Why the Bible say you need to know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Because, for example, you say that I never know that watching pornography is bad. Get involved in sexual immorality is sin. I don't know. No one teach me. No one tell me about that in the Bible. I don't have that light. And you continue to do it. Yes, you're sincere. You follow God. You are the young and immature believer, very weak believer, but you're really sincere to follow God. But you don't know that pornography is bad. Okay, I give you example. And you keep watching it. Yes, you are saved by grace. Yes, you are covered by the blood of Jesus, but you cannot avoid the corruption. You have to reap the work of the flesh. You reap what you sow. If you sow in sexual immorality, you're going to destroy your kids, your wife, and your family. If you sow cheating money, cheating the government, doing immoral things in your business, you're going to reap it later on because the principle of God is still there. You reap what you sow. Are you safe? You're sincere? Yes, you're saved. You go to heaven. You're sincere. You say, I don't even know that sheet taxes is wrong. I'm sorry, I don't know. But now today you know, okay? I tell you already today. You have no excuses now. But at that time, two years ago, you don't know. You tell people, this is my income. I earn $20,000, but I report to the government 10000 You cheat, you're going to reap what you sow. And don't blame God about that. That's why God say, the way out from destruction, the way out from corruption is repenting and know the truth. Two things. We need to know the truth. And the truth shall set us free. And after we know the truth, What do we need to do? Repent. And confess our sin. ASAP. Turn around and change your life. Don't continue in it. And you're going to come out from destruction. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. That's why I tell you the truth. Pastor Dan know very well. I worked so hard. On Saturday... All day long, I read my sermon, prepare the teaching. I don't have Saturday for myself for 30 years already, 26 years. I gave it to God to prepare the teaching. That's why I worked so hard to produce all this video sermon to put in the YouTube. That's why I worked so hard to record the voice CD put into the podcast and the internet. That's why I edited my sermon. I write all this sermon. I try to produce all this, this teaching of the truth for the body of Christ. Because in my heart, as the heart of the Father, the Father in heaven put that heart in me. He knows His children are being destroyed due to the lack of knowledge, due to living in darkness unknowingly. They are not willfully sinning against God, but because they don't know the Bible, they don't know the truth. So God has to use somebody like me to produce a teaching and put in the internet to tell the world the truth so that they can live an abundant life again. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. So what is your job? I do my job already. Your job is to read the Bible every day. Your job is to repent and ask God for forgiveness every day. We sin every day. Your job is to be diligent in listening to the good teaching in your car. Get the CD. This morning we went to our friend's house and she has a tablet. They fed us breakfast before we came here. She has a tablet from Samsung. And she showed us the YouTube. That she listened to every single YouTube that come out from our church. She listened she listened. Actually, the husband listened before her about 10 years, and eventually she got convicted she needed to listen to. We need to feed ourselves with the truth. We need to read the Bible. We need to repent. We need to know the light. We need to walk in the Spirit and repent every single day if we want to live a victorious life. And we can protect ourselves from the destruction of the enemy. Amen? Wow, this message is so good. Amen. thank you jesus hallelujah it's one thing to try to cure infectious disease it's another thing is to give a vaccine to prevent infection i am giving you a vaccine right now to prevent you from getting into trouble (laughs) as a doctor medical doctor and spiritual doctor amen father Thank you, Lord, for revealing the light to us today. That we realize, Lord, that we are not perfect. We're still still sinning against you every day, either ignorantly or willfully, Lord. Help us, Lord, to know the truth, and the truth shall set us free. May your Holy Spirit convict us to repent, to confess our sin, we will depend on the power of the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses us from all our unrighteousness. Lord, may you, Lord, bring revival back to the U.S. and to the world. Your people will not play game with you, Lord. They will repent of their sin every single day. Oh, Lord, open the eyes of people in this world that are listening to the false teaching, to the twisted, perverted, and distorted doctrine of grace in, around the world. That they will come out from destruction. They will not end up to be like the children of Israel in the wilderness. Or the people in Sodom and Gomorrah Lord. They will be saved by faith. They will put their faith in what you say and do it, Lord. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't we do this for a couple minutes here? If you know that there is anything in your life that you are breaking the law of God right now, you're breaking the light that you know, why don't you bow down, close your eyes and ask God for forgiveness and repent of your sin right now. This is serious. Life and death. Your repentance today may save your children. Your repentance today may save your finances save your health maybe healing come to you today because you repent of your sin some of you may have a bad attitude some of you may have a rebellious attitude bitterness against somebody unforgiveness Let's put the teaching into practice right now. Repent. Repent. Lord, I myself need to repent too. I ask you for forgiveness, Lord, of my sin. Lord, many times I have a wrong attitude toward people. I hold grudges against people. Many times, Lord, I follow my flesh. You told me to do something, but I did not do it. I use all kind of human reason to argue with you, Lord. Lord, forgive me. Cleanse me with your blood, Lord Jesus. We repent together as a church. Lord, anything, that we are still sinning and we don't even know. May the Holy Spirit shine the light into our heart. Maybe little, little sin that we don't even know. Something that we cannot understand by our own ability. But may your Holy Spirit show us, Lord, every day in our family life, personal life, financial life. Job life, education life, parenting, being children, being a boss, employees, businessmen and women, ministry, every aspect of our life, Lord. If we have been sinning against you, please show us, Lord. We want to walk in the light we want to obey you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit who would shine the light and the revelations of heaven into our heart, Lord, every day. Lord, when we read the Bible, show us, Lord, the light of God. When we listen to the sermon, tell us what is the right thing. We don't want to rebel against you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, Forgive us. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. And we receive your grace by faith. We are justified. We are made righteous. We are saved by your grace and through faith. Everyone say, I believe in the grace of God. I believe in Jesus Christ who died for me, giving me the Holy Spirit to help me walk in a righteous way. I want to go through that narrow gate and a difficult way. I'm one of the few on this earth that will enter life eternal life and abundant life in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Give the mighty hand of praises to the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. How many people promise God that you're going to repent every day? If you find out you start to gossip, stop and repent right away. If you find out you begin to have bad attitude. Stop and repent right away. Amen? How many people promise God you're going to repent every day? We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. Oh,